I am so full of like fresh fire. I spent the last four days at a vineyard conference, a national vineyard gathering in Champaign, Illinois. Good grief. It was. Have you ever been someplace where the presence of God is so thick it makes you uncomfortable? Like, golly, who has ever just been laid out by the glory of God to where it's not, oh, Lord, this is awesome. No, no, no. Isaiah 6. Isaiah's not talking about how awesome the Lord is in Isaiah 6. He thinks he's about to die. Mm. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this room. You're so welcome in this church. We want you on your terms. I, I want you on your terms. If you want to sling me off this stage, lay me out, want me to preach, not to preach, I don't care. I resign to any agenda that I have ever for this church. You just, you've, you're the leader. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Father. I pray today that people in here would just get a tremendous amount of revelation of who you are. In Jesus Christ's name we pray always. Amen. I can't wait to see him one day. I don't understand people who are so afraid of dying. If you're in Christ, you're going to spend forever with the king. That's unbelievable. Sometimes I wonder, what is it going to be like when I leave my body and go there? I want it to be dramatic. I don't want it to be, like, boring. I don't want to stand in line for, like, a day and a half and I can barely see him. Like, I want to, like... (laughs) If y'all beat me there, don't get in my way because I'm getting to him first. I don't want to meet your Aunt Jane. I want to see Jesus first. We got forever to catch up. Cannot wait to see the Father. And one of the questions that me and one of my good friends, we laugh about all the time, one of the things I'm going to ask, why on earth do you uh, put people together that get married that are so opposite? (laughs) Raise your hand if you and your spouse are just alike because I'm going to kick you out of the church. (laughs) All right, hang on. Hang on. Two hands were raised. We'll give them church discipline later. I'm going to walk up to the Father and say, it is amazing that I'm in your son and I'm here forever. Can we talk about a couple of things? Why? Raise your hand if you and your spouse are so different and it's just funny. You try to figure it out all the time. Just raise your hand. Yeah, everybody. I'm not talking about the huge things. Me and my wife both love Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some simple things and I'd like to share my heart on those this morning. (laughs) My, My wife and I, or uh, I've been doing some marriage counseling recently, and we love it. You know, you come to a place where you start celebrating your differences. Um, I love loud music in my house. I love it. Uh, raise your hand if you like loud music in your house. My wife gets a rash when I play loud music in our house. My wife was in Colorado last week, and it was like a rager party with me and my kids for a week. I'd wake my kids up in the morning, and they love it. They shoot out of bed. Jack came to me while she was going, like, Dad, you are like fun. This is amazing. <laughs> we're, we're eating dinner. I'm not exaggerating. We're eating dinner to like, I'm not talking about Sandy Patty and Keith Green, all right? All y- y'all, are, y'all are too spiritual. I'm talking. Like music that a football team would run out to before they play a big rival game. To where Sam was like, Dad, can you cut it down a little bit? (laughs) My wife wakes up on Saturday mornings. I wish I was making this up. I'm not. Saturday mornings. 
And she says, what do you think we can accomplish today? You want to know what I think on a Saturday morning? I wonder if I took two packs of bacon, wrapped them around a turkey, if I could fry it. I have never in my life woken up on a Saturday morning going, what do you think I could accomplish today? I'm thinking, I haven't eaten marshmallows in three years. I wonder if I could eat a bag of marshmallows. This is probably the biggest trigger in my life. This is on the level of demonic. Um, Chick-fil-A has had that same menu minus a couple of items for 300, 400 years. <laughs> you, you pull into the drive-thru and you order a number one. You might get a Coke, might get a tea. That's it. Not my wife. How many people in here, you, you special order everything? Raise your hand. I hate you. I start getting like a gout. I feel gout coming on whenever we get about a mile from Chick-fil-A because I know what's coming. Same menu for since Jesus Christ was on the earth. I roll the window down, my left hand's twitching. And it's that awkward moment, do I order for her? Does she order? She typically likes to tell me what to tell the person. She's two, she's, she's a foot from me right here. That microphone's right there, but she wants to tell me that she wants a less breaded number one with a half and half, a little bit of lemonade, and then three or four other things. And I, I wish I could tell you I stay in the spirit. I don't. People who special order at restaurants, there's something wrong with you. But then it happened to me at the airport this past week. It happened. I did it, and I was like, I am becoming my wife. I'm flying to Illinois. I'm starving. I want an omelet. lady asked me what I want, and there's three or four things that I wanted that weren't on the menu, and she's looking at me confused, and I'm confused, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, how many of you with your spouse, you have very different sleeping patterns? Some of you are cover hogs and the others sleep like a mouse. I, my wife sent me a picture of the bed when I was in Illinois this week. When she sleeps, the covers do not move. When I sleep, it looks like a demoniac came into the room and I fought him all night. In the hotel room, I woke up, all the sheets and the cover were on the floor. I was in a, I was in a bed by myself. If I went to one of those sleep clinics, they'd probably put me in jail. So I don't know what happens. I turn. It is, we're opposites. We're opposites in almost every way. And opposites attract. But here's the problem we have. As opposites, and I'm not talking about me and my wife. I'm talking about all of us. Two people in this room raised your hands that you're like your spouse. We always expect the other person to be like us. All of us do. You go to counseling and you basically say, she needs to be like me. We need to play Led Zeppelin at night when I'm cooking dinner and have strobe lights and have a dance party with the kids. And the counselor says, has it ever occurred to you that maybe not everyone's like that? We, we, 
We get in trouble in our communities because honestly, we're all so selfish. We expect everyone to see life the way we see it. <laughs> we do. He said, oh, I do not. I'm so selfless. No, you're not. No. It triggers you when someone orders a pack of mayonnaise but asks what the ingredients of that particular mayonnaise is. It's like... <laughs> I, I have... I can prove this with the way we shop now. We don't just go to the store. No, 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 no. We get on Amazon because we want the pair of jeans that's not 36, 32. They got to be 36.1, 32.8. And they got to have that perfect stripe. We, we are such consumers in America that we want it our way all the time about anything and everything. When I was growing up, you had a choice of two sneakers. Nike and Adidas. Not now. Uh-uh. You get online, there are 5,000 different brands. I have the oddest body. My legs are so short from my hips to my knees. My nine-year-old's legs are longer from my hip to my knees. And I have a longer torso. And I like to get on Amazon and when I like, because I like special order things. And it becomes like addicting. And it's like, because I want it. I, I got to have what I want, when I want, how I want it. It's, um, it's kind of nice at times kind of feeds your narcissism and selfishness. It's like, uh, what are you in the mood for? Well, you know, let's Google TripAdvisor's the top 15 restaurants because I, heaven forbid I were to go somewhere where the steak would not be from Montana. It has to be from Montana. I can't eat North Carolina steak. Like some of these restaurants, it's like, it's, we just need to stop. Back in the day when my parents were growing up, there was one restaurant to eat at in town and you only went once a month. And now it's like, we, it's, uh, it's Burger King on steroids. I got to have, have it my way, my way. And being a consumer is kind of fun in America. Actually, I like shopping with Ruthie online. I hate it going somewhere because we have to walk around so much. But online, I like looking at stuff because it's kind of fun. It, it stops being fun when we take the consumer mentality and we bring it into our paradigm of the kingdom. I really think this is the biggest hindrance to understanding who he is, not who he was. This is the only religion in the world where the God of the religion resurrected and he's still living. Not, not the way he was. You can actually worship the Bible. You can step into bibliolatry where you're studying the ways of Jesus as a Jewish rabbi. Well, I, I like that. It's kind of fun to look at that. I'm not talking about the way he was. I'm talking about the way he is, present tense. The great I am, the, pre, the present God, the way he is. Because He's never going to acclimate to fit my personality. I can go to marriage counseling all day long and learn to celebrate our differences, not play loud music, some of those funny things we talk about, be humble and selfless and special order, all that kind of stuff we're talking about. I'm not in counseling with God. But a lot of us act as though we are. God's not acclimating to me. He's saying, this is the way I am, and if you want me, then you must get on your face, strip naked before me, and give up all your rights, and then I'll show you who I am. And a lot of people want Jesus on their terms. A lot of leaders of churches want Jesus on their terms. And you can be in Christ and be as righteous as Jesus Christ, but for the cessationist church, particularly in the Bible Belt, the reason that the glory of God never invades churches is because, yes, they believe upon him for salvation and they want to go to heaven when they die. But when it comes to his ways of how he wants to even maneuver in their churches presently, 
they're not open to that. And so Jesus says, no problem. I'm not going to bend to what you want. It's not weird to Jesus to pray in tongues and to walk with the Holy Spirit and to talk to him all day and to at times be so overcome that you can't stop shaking or fall down. That may be weird to you. It's not weird to God. Philip transported in Acts. Poof. Where'd he go? I don't know. Blind eyes opening. The strange things in Acts are not strange to heaven. Angels are not strange to heaven. And we tiptoe around these things that we call charismatic. God doesn't even call them charismatic. He calls them normal. Do you understand you're going to leave your body one day and shoot through whatever we shoot through and stand in the presence of God? If you don't think that's strange, then you have deceived yourself. You're so open to going to heaven when you die, but you're not open to the glory of God coming and almost destroying your life with the raw power of who he is. You know, he's not, he's not, well, you know what? I am such a gentleman, therefore we're in counseling. Chad, I haven't thought about that. I will act with you on your terms. He's never said that. And whoever said the Holy Spirit's a gentleman doesn't know the Holy Spirit. He's not concerned about your reputation. Father, come. Just don't come too strong. Well, then I'm not coming. The fear of the Lord is saying, I want you on your terms. And you say, what does that mean? It means whatever he wants. I'll show you a couple of passages. Look at this passage in Exodus. Moses was the meekest man on the earth. And Moses was also very bold. I've got the power of God. There's a healing anointing here. We need to pray in a minute. We've got to preach this epic sermon first, though. All right. <laughs> Moses said to the Lord, I can't read about there. But we need to get one of those huge things. Or I'm gonna, uh, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me. I love this. You've been telling me. You, you've been telling me. Quit telling God what you want. Moses wasn't even looking for God. He's on the backside of a desert. Bush catches on fire. And and the voice behind the bush says, "Uh, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Moses wasn't searching for his destiny. God shows up. He's the boss. He's the boss. Harmonies, move from Charlotte. What? Hey, have the little guy on stage tell him they're supposed to move from Charlotte. Harmonies, take over men's ministry. Jack, you're the overseer of the church. Here are your elders. This is Bridgeway. Name it this. Do it this way. The great moves of God are you don't have any opinions. Hey, God, you've been telling me. You see, God wants to be the lead dog in in your story. He does the telling. We do the, okay, I'll do that. You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me because God didn't want to let him know. (laughs) You have said, I know you by name, and you found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, I love this, if. You got to be careful because the message of hyper grace says that God is pleased with everyone. Better be careful. You need to be asking if you are pleased with me, because you may not be consecrated in your life right now. We need to be asking God if, hey, Father, are me and you okay? I don't ever need to assume that I'm in a low posture. If I say if, it's not full of doubt, it's full of humility. If I, if I have found faith, if, if, Father, if, and then he raises you up. He says, if I have found favor 
And watch this. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Teach me your ways. Me and Wendy are going to spend a lifetime of marriage acclimating to each other to serve each other. That's not the way me and God are. You got to be careful. That's down here. The way me and God are is, will you show me your ways? I'll acclimate to you. God's coming for the Bible belt. He's coming for the Bible belt because he's beginning to raise up leaders that say, teach me your ways. I got a conversation tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. with the pastor of a prominent Baptist church who has finally snapped and said, I want it your way, not my way. I don't want it my way. If he tells me that whatever's his normal, I want it to be my normal, no matter what it costs me. I was with Debbie Wright, never heard of her in my life. It's, I'll tell the longer prophetic story later. This is just crazy, but her and her wife, John, lead the vineyard movement in England. They're over all of the vineyard churches in England, all of them. What did I say? Sorry, I'm kind of in the presence right now. Yes, she's married to a man. (laughs) I am eat up with the presence of God right now. Debbie Wright is married to John Wright. Her husband, John, they lead all of vineyard churches in England, all of them. She was at this conference. Afternoon session, she begins to pray. When she begins to pray, the Holy Spirit comes into the room so strong. I said, God, I'll give the rest of my life for this to be my norm. Don't I'll give the rest of my life. I texted Wendy. I said, listen, I'm not kidding with you. This is not me kidding around. I love God as much as Debbie does. I love, I think. I said, but I don't know that level of God. It must have been a taste of what um, Toronto was like. I don't know. I, see, but I'm not seeking, I don't seek experiences. I just, there's a woman who, who's preaching. She begins to pray. And I'm telling you, you could have had a thousand atheists in that room and they'd have gotten born again. Micah Ushery, who's a spiritual son to me and Wendy, her and her, I can't even say his gender, his wife, Lindsay, <laughs> they pastor a church in South Atlanta. Micah is as prophetic as anyone I know. He's beside me. I think God's about to kill him. He can't stop crying. He can barely eat lunch. He starts crying. He's on the phone with his wife. He says, I'll give the rest of my life to this. I don't know what happened to me. He can't stop crying. He's like shaking in the car. Do we want God on his terms? What if God sovereignly chose to put an undercover structure in this house, but then it got more weird than anything y'all have ever seen? Like in other words, I'm not saying that's what he's going to do. I'm just saying, will you say yes to whatever he wants? What if he puts a military structure of undercover spiritual authority and honor and then it gets weird? What if I preach an entire sermon in tongues? What, 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 if, what if the presence of God comes in here and y'all can't get out of your seats? I'm, I'm just saying we don't need to have any opinions, zero reasoning for what he wants here. You cannot cast vision for Pentecost. Hey, go into the upper room and just wait. Because he didn't tell him what was coming. 
I'm not even insinuating that I think I know what's coming. I'm just asking the question. I'm confessing. I'm open to whatever he wants. Not everybody is, and I've never preached this passage. I want to go to this passage in Luke. This is scary. All right, because if you ask Jesus to come and he comes and then you don't like what he does when he comes, well, then he'll just pass you by and go somewhere else. And there, there are righteous people all over the Bible, Belt, righteous going to heaven when you die. But the reason you have to read books like a mighty wind is because you're not giving Jesus even legal access to do what he wants to do, even in your midst, even in your church. Why, why did Jesus say on the cross, Father, forgive them? He was actually giving his father legal access to forgive the Jews. Let that sink in. Our words are very important because we're about to stand up at a congregation. We're going to scream to heaven. We're going to scream, Holy Spirit, come before, before we leave here today. All of us. Because if you ask Jesus to come, then you can't say, now, Jesus, I'm an Amazon man. I, I, I special order my food. He'll say, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted me to come on my terms. He's a sovereign king. He goes, I'm an ant. I'm an ant. I'm a tiny little ant. And the, the hyper grace message says that, yes, but that ant, oh, you're so beautiful and you're such a big deal. You're still an ant. I can be as clean as Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. The only reason I'm going to get out of my body when I die is he went first. Uh, access to Abba is through him. It's, it's all about Jesus. And you better be careful, Bridgeway, because if you keep uh, tugging on his cloak like we're doing, he's going to come. And when he comes, he's coming on his terms. And some people say, well, I just don't know. I just don't know if I'm all on board. I mean, I trust the elders, but why are we building you better be careful because when you're questioning authority like that, you're questioning Jesus. You need to be all, either be all in here or go be all in somewhere else. That's, that's all I'm saying. And if y'all think I'm some dictator, y'all don't know me. Interview the staff behind my back. I'm just saying, you know why we're building? Because he told us to. You, you know why we got plans for cabins on the property? He told us to. You know why we're starting a leadership school? He told us to. So if you are still processing with your friends, what you're doing is you're kicking against the goats. You're kicking against the goats because he wants to build. And so you hear words, I just don't know. We've already had another Toronto. If I'm saying as the point guard here, you do what you want to do. If he wants to name a nine-year-old lead pastor of this church today, well, then name the nine-year-old lead pastor. I'm on my face. The glory of God comes into the room in Illinois, and I said, I know you love me, but you are big. I am not. I was it basically, I just went, good Lord. What in the world? He's huge. Like even the, the, the earth, the galaxies, they're held in check just by his presence. They went to arrest him and they said, who's Jesus of Nazareth? He said, I am he. And he about killed all of them. They flew back. We got to be careful with this buddy Christ message. You're a co-heir, but you are, you are nothing. You're nothing. I'm nothing. And then he takes the nothings and he raises the nothings and says, I love you so much. Basically, me and God have a dance all the time. He tells me how great I am in his eyes, and I tell him how little I am in his eyes, and it works for me. Every time his favor's poured out upon me, I just say, this is about you, you, you. You're awesome. Well, he comes. <laughs> he comes to these people, and they don't like it. 
they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. When Jesus is in our midst, it should draw the demonized to us. It should draw the brokenness to us. If this is a Christian clique and no one's broken and no one's addicted and the riffraff aren't coming, then Jesus may not be in our midst. The, the, the homosexual people should be drawn here for us to pray for them. The, the broken, the, the people, it's, 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 it's people who are entangled with things. They should be drawn here and, and they're drawn to Jesus. And for a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. You know, if you're in counseling right now over your brokenness, thank God that you're not naked and living in a graveyard. This is a high level of brokenness. I mean, come on. How demonized do you have to be to be naked living in a graveyard? The Lord not only is not bothered by that, he just walks right into it. He loves my mess. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of sin. For heaven's sakes, he became sin on the cross. <laughs> he's not, you may, no matter where you're at, he's okay with your stuff. For a long time, this man, okay, next verse, verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet. I love that. Jesus was not praying in tongues, jumping around. He wasn't begging the father to be there. He was just standing there shouting at the top of his voice what do you want with me jesus son of the most high god you understand that same jesus is inside of you every time you step into brokenness into a dark place you take it with you we don't need to be avoiding darkness we need to walk right into the middle of it the big bad boogeyman's not gonna get you i beg you don't torture me that is some serious authority the highest level deliverance i've seen in haiti i finally had to go to that i said if you don't leave i'm gonna torture you that woman dropped instantly when i said that Know who you are. Stand up a little bit taller. God is great, but he sees you as great too. He's great and he's great in you. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man, and many times it had seized him, and though he was chained in hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. I love this. The Lord's not saying anything. He is the boss of all bosses. I get a kick out of so many people that just don't believe in Jesus Christ. I, I want to see the video shot of people that see him one day. I want to. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. And he gave them permission. I love that. Yeah, that's fine. I give you permission to go into the pigs. This is such ball status. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw that what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. Isn't it interesting how Jesus did not draw a crowd to himself to do wonderful and marvelous things? You don't need a crowd to be Jesus to the brokenness around you. You don't need to get on Instagram and say, look what's happening right now. Micah Ustry, who's a spiritual son to me, got on the plane yesterday, a different plane than I was on, got a word of knowledge over the guy sitting beside him that he's getting a promotion. The guy wigs out. Micah leads him to Jesus Christ. He becomes born again. He's on a plane by himself. You don't need a stage. You need an airplane. You don't have to have Darren Wilson following you around with the camera. 
Just go to work and do something. Don't let anybody know it. And let all of heaven rejoice and then let yourself get rewarded for what you've done. There wasn't a huge crowd there. The Lord doesn't say, Simon, go send your brother Andrew. He's my PR man. Get a bunch of people here because it's about to go down. The Lord didn't even say anything. Hey, what's your name? Naked fella, what's your name? Please, please let us go into the pigs. Oh, that's fine, go into the pigs. I'm gonna ask the disciples one day, what was it like following him? And the people, here come the people. It's like the pastor that says he loves the church, he just can't stand the people. Here, it's always the people. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found that the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. I prayed for a blind woman named Gail at our church. Years ago, we had over 40 families leave our church. Jesus showed up. Those 40 families didn't like what Jesus did, so they left. These people show up, and they see what Jesus Christ did. This is their response. Then all the people of the region of that place asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat and left. Jesus came, did what he wanted to do, how he wanted to do it, when he wanted to do it. And the people said, please, we don't want this. And Jesus said, oh, do you not know who I am? I am the son of man. He is so secure in himself. He says, no problem. Got in the boat and left. That ain't happened at Bridgeway on my watch. It will not happen at this church on my watch. It will not happen. It will not happen. If he tells me to do a nine-year series on the Holy Spirit, I'll do a nine-year series. If he wants the glory cloud to come so close in here that it gets weird even for Pentecostals, well, then that's fine. I don't care. Well, you got to be careful with Toronto. It got a little bit weird in Toronto. Jesus Christ delivered a naked man of demons into the abyss, and then they go into pigs. I'm sorry. It got weird a long time ago. Hey, you get security, row three, row three, someone's praying in tongues, singing in tongues. Well, let them sing. Some of y'all got wigged out at the table conference. I'm just going to call it like it is because some people got delivered to demons at the altar. It's not going to stop. It's going to get way more than that. And if you, and if you say, well, that's just, we got to be careful. No. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. Be careful of what? Well, you got to be careful, brother. It may get weird. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, where's God? Who's God? Well, he's always been here. Always been here. Where'd he come from? He came from himself. He's just always been here. It's been weird for a long time. I saw a blue angel named Igniter with a port in my chest in my sleep. This past week at the conference, you're going to need to tell Jess, I'm going to need about five more minutes downstairs. Or, yeah. Um, at the conference, I told the story of Igniter. Guys, all heaven broke loose. Micah prophesied that I'm supposed to talk about the Blue Angel Igniter. It was already in my notes to do so. I prayed over a leadership team that has great influence over the church, the vineyard movement in America and in England. I gave words of knowledge so accurate over the leader of the, of the church in England, of the vineyard church in England. It was a high level. Then I started praying over, over this other couple. I'll tell you the whole story later. I'm just telling you, we need to, we need to be careful what we call weird. 
Because if you pray for Jesus to come and he comes and then you don't like it, well, then he'll just get in his boat and go somewhere else. And by the way, before you think, well, this is just an invitation to be weird. No. What if he comes and says, you think you're undercover? No, actually, I want it to look more aligned to what I think delegated authority is. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I, this, isn't, I'm not a, this isn't a campaign to how, how I need things or want things. I just don't have any opinions on this. I'm telling you this, though. It's like Babe Ruth when he called his shot. I'm telling you it's going to get weirder here. I'm telling you it is. Well, you just got to be careful because you're in the Bible Belt and you want to be a good representative. You don't want to make anyone stumble. You not, might need to read that verse in context. We're making people stumble because we're misrepresenting who God is. We make people stumble all the time because God's like, you said yes to my son Jesus, but I don't even know what that is. That church looks like strange fire to me. Basically, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, this is yours. This is yours. We're going to do some ministry time. Hang on. Let me just talk to God for a second. Hang on a second. All right. Moses said, show me your ways. All right. Let's do two prayers. Let's do two prayers. Let's do the God, please show us your ways. And this is corporate prayer. And um, if this is the first time you've been to Bridgeway, just go ahead and join the church. Jump in. A lot of times what God calls process or what we call processing, God calls unbelief. If you've been processing whether or not Bridgeway is home for more than three or four months, is not, you'll know. My sheep shall hear my voice. Just do that. Get on your face. Say, God, is this where I'm supposed to be? And then just go all in. That's the church membership thing right there. Just go all in. Um, he, he does not take kindly to processing the way we think. Do I believe in processing? Yes. I believe that we stretch processing about 10 times the amount of time that he calls normal. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm going to pray this prayer over us. Uh, Why don't you just open up your hands like kids, just like kids. Actually, no, let's just stretch our hands straight to heaven. Father, I ask that you show us at Bridgeway what your ways are. We have zero agenda in this prayer. You show us what your ways are. All right, let me give this word then. All right. Um, paradox is all in the kingdom. Paul says that, that we should be uh, in decent order, you know, when he goes through that. But if you, if you tip the hand too far with that, you become control. Do I believe in undercover and delegate authority? Absolutely. If you tip the hand of that, you become too controlling. There's a radical middle in pretty much everything. Jesus himself is paradox. So what God is doing, only God can do this. I haven't seen him say this until right now. He's actually bringing a, a, a metric of structure here, and he's also getting rid of all control at the same time. It's happening at the same time. And so any ways that in any way leadership has become too controlling, he's dissolving that. In any ways we haven't been structured enough, he's fixing it. It's happening. Those two arrows are happening at the exact same time. Because the last thing he wants is a system of structure that takes away freedom in Christ. And um, you see that? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for that passage uh, with the pigs. And um, we just tell you, 
if it's you, we don't want it just to be, we, ha- we want it to be you. But the way that in which you told the Father, forgive them, and you gave him legal access to how all that works, I just say to you, Holy Spirit, you, Jesus, and you, the Father, you do whatever you want to do here. <laughs>